Welcome to Vet Talk with Royal Canaan, where we address an array of topics relevant to veterinarians and veterinary clinics. I'm Brenda Andreessen, Chief Strategy Officer at Stevens & Associates and your host for this conversation. The COVID-19 pandemic has impacted our entire society, including all levels of education. Specific to veterinary education, universities had to quickly adapt their approach to teaching to best support the needs of students and this changing environment. On today's episode, we will learn how UC Davis has shifted their teaching and beyond teaching what they're doing to create a community of support among students and even other universities. Joining me on the podcast today are Dr. Joey Watson, Professor and Associate Dean of Professional Education at UC Davis, and Dr. Jody Davis, Senior Manager of University Relations at Royal Canaan. Dr. Watson and Dr. Davis, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you very much for the invitation to speak to you. It's been an exciting year so far. Yes, thank you very much. I would say that's kind of an understatement in terms of an exciting year so far, right? So let's get to the emotional center of today's discussion. And that really is the impact that the pandemic has had on veterinary education and specifically on graduating vet students. And I'd really love to know, Dr. Davis, what you're seeing and hearing since this is what your life is right now. Right, I think that's a great question. It's, it's been a very challenging year for students, both as they've progressed through veterinary school and as, as they've graduated. So I've noticed some of our students who, some of our student ambassadors who graduated at the end of, of last year really had a hard time emotionally because they didn't get that final closure that they were so looking for on their veterinary education career. They couldn't have a formal ceremony to celebrate graduation with their class. Some of them even couldn't finish out their final couple rotations in vet school because they weren't allowed on campus. And I think we can't underestimate the emotional toll that takes on students. Everybody's looking for that final capstone when, when you've been through this long four-year experience together. So I think, although they were disappointed, I also was really encouraged by how adaptable those students were. They really took some of those challenges and found ways to make that better for themselves. So for example, I had a lot of students who did fun photos as they graduated with masks on and hand sanitizer and toilet paper, just to really make light of, of how difficult the situation had been. And I think that's true for veterinary students as a whole, although they may experience disappointments, they really find ways to adapt to that. So who knew we were still going to be here right now, all these months into to this particular situation? I'd, I'd love to hear, Dr. Watson, from your perspective, what you're seeing with the boots on the ground and how UC Davis has moved to adapt its, uh, its approach and really change the, the learning environment. Sure. Um, I'm going to echo a little what Dr. Davis said in terms of loss, and you start there. So when we first experienced the shutdown and halting of all uh, activities as we knew them. Um, this was a call to arms really for us to step up and develop those creative adaptations that were necessary to get our students the learning outcomes, the competencies that they require. It's really important to me and all of us at, at Davis um, that the students when they graduate feel both competent and confident and it was the confidence that we feel was undermined based on the lack of in-person or reduced or limitations to in-person um, learning experiences. So 
Uh, we did several things, and I want to thank all of our staff and faculty. You know, UC Davis School of Veterinary Medicine is people, just as your organizations are, and uh, the people stepped up. So we had lots of what I will term creative adaptations to learning. So one I want to talk about was the development of at-home learning kits. We thought, well, we can't come to lab. We can't come to campus. What will we do? So we had staff and faculty develop a whole set of things that students could take home. And in their home environment, which was safe from interaction with too many people, they could then video conference their learning sessions. We did individualized learning sessions and group learning sessions via video conference using document cameras, using iPhones, um, really uh, interesting adaptations. Uh, another iPhone adaptation was uh, one of our orthopedic surgeons who strapped an iPhone to his chest during surgery. This individual was able to move his students from their home into surgery and narrate the entire time. So that isn't, isn't the same as being there, but he was able to connect them in ways that they felt really um, thankful for and were able to learn from in discussions post-surgery. Uh, I think another piece that I wanna talk about is being able to hold on to community. And so Dr. Davis beautifully described that, that disconnect at the end of the year and some of the things students had to do to adapt to graduation and the capstone of veterinary medicine and getting your DVM. On the other side of that, we had first year students entering a community. Think back on our own experiences when you join a community for a four year journey and being unable to meet and greet and see those individuals you'll travel with for four years. So we developed a mentor group program that we put all our first and second year students in. And these students met in small groups of eight with one faculty member. And we were able to do that with outdoor tents, believe it or not. So we have outdoor classrooms where we invited these small groups uh, still physically distanced, but outside in that ocean of air that's much safer. And we were able to help those students connect with each other and with us to help their, their initiate their traveling through this four-year um, uh, journey of education. So those are a couple of things that, that come straight to mind. So it's interesting. I was actually going to circle back to the emotional side of it. And you really, Dr. Watson, just addressed a little bit of how you you helped bridge that emotional gap. Obviously you're doing a phenomenal job providing educational opportunities and consistency, you know, with, with some of the programs you address, but have you seen students and faculty actually reaching out for support? And, you know, when they are, what kind of advice um, is UC Davis able to offer them, you know, to help with the emotional side of this? Thank you for asking that question. So clearly we have, um, had an increase in the everyday level of stress. So the layers of personal care, the layers of personal risk that we think about have really weighed on our students and our faculty and our staff. So uh, at Davis, we have uh, two programs, uh, one for staff and one for, for students where we have counselors on site. And while they can't come in person, we've been able to connect them via video conference and telephone. And I'm actually really um, happy to report that in a list or data list of accesses, 
our students have not been accessing our therapists more often than previously, which was a big surprise to all of us. They are using these social supports, um, but, but we are not seeing what you might want to call a, a, high, a level of crisis in terms of that seeking of support, which did surprise us. We, um, I think, also are trying very hard to communicate. And in this event, I know we've all said this before, but you cannot over communicate. And, and I find myself making an error in that area all the time because I'm doing it every day and I'm solving problems and I'm on the phone or I'm trying to figure out with staff how to reorganize laboratory sessions. So I know it every day, but, it, but I need to communicate it every day. So I have student group meetings, we have all class town halls, we have um, a, a fourth year committee of students, and really self-appointed a wonderful growth of their own need where they came and said, we have needs and we need you to meet them. So we had a discussion, we worked through their thoughts and then developed a student solutions committee uh, with the help of my dean, uh, Dean Michael Lairmore, so I meet with them monthly and I communicate every two weeks, anything new, anything that they may need to know that we're working on. And I think those, that level of communication helps to keep our community supported. We do that now both with the faculty and staff and students. So it, you both have alluded to the fact that if there is an upside to this pandemic, it really is that we see communities connecting and reaching out to each other and providing extra support. So, you know, there's got to be a little bit of a silver lining there somewhere. So, you know, Dr. Davis, I'd, I'd love your insight um, on the importance of partnering with veterinary schools and veterinary students. You know, in normal times, obviously, it's critically important, but especially now when life is anything but normal. Right. I, it is really important to support veterinary universities. Part of the MARS pet care motto is a better, better world for pets. And part of creating a better world for pets, in my mind, is creating a better world for the people who take care of those pets. And veterinary universities, I think, are really at the forefront of training our future veterinarians and creating some of that cutting edge healthcare that we rely on to take care of our pets. So when I think of how we support them, I think there's there's different ways we can do that. So part of that is, is financial. We can really help to provide a bridge for some of those things that maybe they weren't able to do were we not able to provide that financial support. So when I think about um, University of California Davis, we've, we've tried to help out with those tents that they have for students because we wanna make sure that not only are the students safe, but that they are in the safest environment and we can help financially provide for that. The other thing that we try to provide to our, our veterinary partners is um, comes in the forefront of education. So we're really trying to offer high quality scientific nutrition education support to these universities to make sure that when students graduate that they have um, a, a really deep understanding of how important nutrition is to pets. And we also try to provide that education to the faculty and staff at universities as well. We think that is, is key to, to developing a, a mutual partnership. And especially uh, during COVID times, these have been 
we know it's been stressful for us within the industry. And we know that that's doubled at universities because not only are they dealing with the challenges of trying to train new students, trying to keep faculty and staff safe, trying to keep them comfortable, but they're also have this whole other aspect of dealing with clients within the teaching hospital. So if we can provide some support to them, whether that's financial to help ease their mind a little bit or if that's physical with, with the tents, or maybe that's even some emotional support. Maybe that means that we send in a nice lunch to feed everybody um, on, on the faculty, just to give them a little bit of a break and let them know that they're not isolated. I think all of those things are really key in being a partner with universities. It's such such great support, and I'm sure Dr. Watson, you and your colleagues are all appreciating the support you're getting from industry, but how about working across universities? Is UC Davis working with other schools to kind of create that, that, that university community? Absolutely, and that's been a really sort of heartwarming um, event for all of us. And, and we've had some great organizational support. So I want to give a shout out to the American Association of Veterinary Medical Colleges, AAVMC. Uh, this organization has been able to connect us all. So I'm on a call every two weeks with all the associate deans for education across the country and actually across nations. And this has been super helpful. We've all traded uh, information, problems, stories, ideas, and assets. So universities, you might have said, were competitors in the past. Even my ribbon at the top, you know, we're all promoting. And but but now's the time to come together and work together. So uh, AAVMC has been very helpful. We in the West have a regional teaching academy, which is a group of six organizations, seven now organizations, um, educational organizations: Washington, Oregon, Colorado two in California and now two in, in Arizona. And we meet together to talk about ways that we can collaborate on educational ideas and educational assets. So I, I, we, are so, we are so much stronger together. I really think that's, that's where we're moving in the future is that solid team and sharing. And the last thing I would say is that those assets that individuals had, they were willing to share across boundaries. So we were the benefactors of, say, a CPR course from Cornell and a, an a access to virtual anatomy assets at Colorado State University. We have a virtual slide set where we have um, histology that our pathologists have put together. It's beautiful and done in, in the ability to share virtually. So those sorts of things shared across um, organizational institutional lines have really helped all of us move forward. That, I mean, those are some really inspirational, I think, examples of how the profession can move forward together despite this. So let's think outside the classroom setting for just a little bit. And I'd love to hear the perspective of each of you on how business and industry partners can maybe come together to help support students, you know, through access to tools and resources both for continuing education, but also for their own, you know, emotional education. Are there, are there things out there that are, that are exceptionally valuable? And, you know, Dr. Davis, what are some of the things that Royal Canaan provides? I know you've given us a really nice list already, but I'm, I'm sure there's more. Yeah, I think that what we've tried to do this semester is try to find things that will benefit students um, 
not only in vet school, but holistically as they graduate. So we did these, these things called knowledge weeks where we offered content to students several times to offer them different skills. So we did a financial planning webinar where we talked about how do you really borrow smart when you're in vet school? Because we know that that's a challenge um, for students to think about as they're in school and then how to tackle that debt once they graduate. We also did webinars that dealt with telemedicine. So we know that COVID has brought to the forefront how do we deal with clients when we can't be directly in the room with them? We're so used to having this, this in-person contact. So we, we talked to a company that works in telemedicine and asked them to talk to students about what does the future look like? How can we incorporate telemedicine into your practices? And then we also tried to do some wellness webinars to try to help students really cope with some of the challenges that they're dealing with right now. And we talked to them about uh, how do you become a recovering perfectionist? Because we know that veterinarians really struggle with dealing with having to be perfect all the time. So let's talk to them about that. Let's try to figure out how can we get over that hurdle of realizing that you're not going to be perfect in every situation. So we try to offer students content that would be helpful to them when they're in school, but then how can they also use that as, as they graduate? And boy, that was incredibly well received by students because they're experiencing right now virtual fatigue. They're, they were telling us we cannot look at a computer screen for one more second. And what we did was say, okay, we're going to bring you short content. So we did it less than 30 minutes, but we're going to give you things that are really a little bit different than what we standardly offer. And let's see if we can combat some of that virtual fatigue and maybe have some fun while we do it. And it was incredibly well received by students. They really enjoyed that. Clearly, a, a massive amount of learning opportunity we've all had to um, to jump on over these past several months. So I, I, I'd really like to know your opinion, and we'll start with you, Dr. Watson. Can the pandemic actually bring benefit to both the universities and to industry? It's a big question. <laughs> yeah, it's a big question, but but I think uh, I wouldn't have said this uh, six months ago. <laughs> But now, um, with a little bit, you know, of experience behind us, I see some bright spots. I want to bring two, I sort of alluded to them, and I want to bring two forward. So one bright spot is reach. So technology enables us to reach, reach beyond our own institutional borders, reach to organize other organizations, reach across to another nation. So if, if we, one of the things I can think about is looking at a Zoom screen, and yes, I know we're all tired of that, but seeing our hospital rounds with 100 or 150 participants where you can only fit 25 in the room. So that reach is important. Um, being able to reach with the teaching academy across boundaries at institutions and bring everybody together once a week if we want to. So I think those trading um, assets is another reach of technology. So that's, that's an important one to me. And then I believe for us here at Davis, this, this time of disconnection, I'll say, this time of sort of discommunication, if you will, pushed us to come up with small ways to support community. So supporting community, whether it was for 
counseling, which we already had, or moving ourselves to develop strong mentor groups. And I think that small, even those small groups, if they can meet in person in a safe way, helps bolster that human need for something other than screen time. We can't put them in large classrooms. We can't put them in situations of risk, but we can bring them together and support them and maintain community that way. So the, 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 that need for mentoring that really needs to be stable, fixed and dependable and the reach of technology are my two bright spots so far. Really good points there, Dr. Watson. Thank you. And Dr. Davis, I'd, I'd love to hear your perspective. I agree. I think that what, what we have learned is that there are different ways of doing things within the veterinary community that may be just as good as what we've done in the past. I think it's no secret that we're a little bit slow to adapt to some new changes in veterinary medicine. And this has really pushed to the forefront that, hey, there may be some things that we can do that aren't so bad, that maybe we can start to embrace some of this technology. And maybe that is, like I talked about earlier, telemedicine. Maybe that means that we can come up with innovative ideas to use FaceTime and Zoom to communicate with clients. So I think that adapting to the technology and recognizing that we're going to have to figure out how to, to deal with this as we move forward is really key. And the other thing I think that I have taken away, again, that's been a, a bright spot, like Dr. Watson said, is just the sense of community that is present among veterinarians. We have really figured out ways to support each other at times when we can't see each other all the time. So in industry, we do a lot of traveling. Tip typically at this time of year, I would be traveling to these universities and I would be able to visit in person. I can't do that right now, nor do they want us to come in, quite frankly, because they don't they don't want that exposure. So what I have tried to do is really reach out to these universities and try to connect with them in different ways. So maybe that means that I just send in food to a department as a thank you for all of their hard work. Maybe that means that we're able to do Zoom rounds with some of these departments that we weren't able to do before. And I think what it's made me realize is that we as veterinarians are just a really great community of people. And what this has also made me realize is I really enjoy seeing my colleagues face to face. So when this is all over, I'm looking forward to really being able to see my my coworkers again, see see my university colleagues again. And I know that that's true for students. We had a we typically have a student meeting in the summer and of course we did it virtually this year because there's no way to get everybody in person. And and what I think everybody said was this is great but it'll be nice to see each other in person again. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think we all are. And, you know, despite the very uncertain time we're living in, this has been a very uplifting conversation. So, you know, Dr. Joey Watson and Dr. Jody Davis, I really want to thank you for sharing your time and your insights with us here today. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me.